And welcome. Coming at you from New Jersey, the capital of misery, and the place where metal forgot to die. This is Here Lies Metal, the podcast that brings you the origins, history, and culture of everything metal. Once again and still, I am Maledictus and I am here with my wife. Now, my wife. Mrs. Maledictus. Mrs. Maledictus. What shall you call yourself? I don't know. We haven't come we up We haven't with... determined that. We have to... There's a couple options. Yeah. Or are you people out there could send, you know, send your recommendations as well, of course. Maybe we'll listen to them. Yes. Now a married couple here to argue about metal before you. This is now where the abuse starts. That's right. This is where it all happens. You should have seen the wedding. It was awesome. Right? I think so. It was pretty awesome. Everyone, I don't remember. Everyone will be talking about it forever. It was something. Um, we like a special thanks to um, Reverend Chris out there, the Judas Priest, for making the, uh, for officiating, is that the right word? For officiating the ceremony. Officiating. Officiating and coming up with a great um, wedding vows script for us, uh, which I think the uh, most of the crowd liked. <laughs> Um, I think maybe maybe 90%, 90, 95% of the 95%. Like, there were a couple of people that weren't having you, Chris. But um, most of all, most people thought you were great. Everyone was asking me about you. Everyone was, was saying, hey, you know, that, that guy was awesome. So, you know, give yourself a pat on the back, Chris. And maybe we don't have to go to my family reunion anymore. Yeah, maybe we'll be banned from that, we're possibly. Satanists. But that's fine, Chris. That you did what you had to do. You know, the consequences uh, that we might suffer are not your problem. However, Chris, we will be taking you to a concert near you of your choice. Remember that. Don't forget that. That's going to happen. So. We also have your drum set. Oh, we have a drum set, too, which we didn't need, but thank you. Thank you for, for letting us, perhaps, you know. We always had a lot of back. We had you know, many backup options for, you know, that's one thing how I planned this wedding. It was a plan B for everything, and that drum set was just another plan B, but I instead ended up writing it drum track for our performance yes we had a performance in the beginning of the wedding which was uh, we've trained for for months it was uh, our rendition of uh, the wedding march played as Brian May plays on Flash Gordon uh, from the Queen album um, you know not played nearly as good but uh, and a lot slower but uh, nevertheless you know I think I think Brian May's part has about 10 different guitar parts you know I just plugged mine into a harmonizer I had three parts with Sam's bass so it was four parts and uh, yeah, so Sam played the bass. I played the guitar. It was quite epic. It's, you know, maybe it'll go viral on YouTube. You know, a lot of people are, maybe you'll get to the right place. Someone will hashtag it properly. Because have you ever seen a wedding like that? You know, I don't think anyone ever has. This was an original idea. It was. I don't think anyone has ever done anything like it. Not that I know of. Well, I need like a good video of it. Yeah. yeah we, I don't yeah, think we anyone took a good video because. Yeah, yeah that's why I guess we should have. They're all pointed at the stage. That's true. Yeah, everyone kind of didn't really get a good video or sound from their cell phones from it. So far, maybe somebody out there has one. I, but, I think the part where when I get up there and we go into Candle Mass, that's a pretty good, pretty bitchin'. Yeah, that sounded good. That sounded really good. We also played Bewitched. Yeah, we all, yes, and we finished it after the wedding march, but then we go into Bewitched, which is a perfect wedding song, really. I mean, what, what could be a better, better wedding song than that? So, you know, it's like Bewitched. You are Bewitched. You know, you are... You are now together, bewitched together. It's perfect, really. It's a really perfect theme for that sort of thing. But anyway, the wedding went very well. And uh, I'm glad everyone who came, thank you for everyone who came and enjoyed themselves and got pretty shit-faced. 
You know, I'm glad a lot of people enjoyed the wonderful food, which I didn't get to enjoy, which we didn't get to enjoy. By the way, I wrote a review on Google for uh, Alan. I wrote him a nice review. That's nice. Yes, he deserves one. I said, this guy's great. He's a pro. He's the best. Because, uh, yes. Yeah, plug out there for Alan Pearl and uh, ultimate, ultimate, catering. ultimate Catering of Marlboro, New Jersey. Um, excellent food. I wish I had more of it. I had like a bite of it. And I was like, this is so good. Then, you know, every time I try to eat my food, somebody's like, oh, we need you over here. I was like, oh, yeah, this that's exactly what I expected. We've come through the fire. We've had our metal wedding. Mm-hmm. We are now legit. Legit. I have a ring on my finger. We're not wimps or posers. Nope. We're real metal people. Together. We want to rock, not pose. Together for all the time. I've got to write, you know, for next week, I have to write a new intro script. That really has to do with both of us, you know, being eternal metal forever as a team forever, you know, you know, something like that. I have to rewrite this. It's time I rewrite this script here. It's just crib from Chris's. Uh, yeah, house. I, I definitely wouldn't be inspired by it. Definitely. You know, it's time to change uh, most of it. Well, I, I like the, you know, some of it place. The New Jersey part, I think, is important. But yeah, we'll work on it. New artwork, too. We need to revamp this damn thing, you know, we need to. Start upgrading this thing. But anyway, let's get to it. Today's going to be a news episode because, uh, you know, we haven't come up with a subject. We're working on it. New playlist soon. But obviously for the past few weeks, we've been very, very busy with the final preparations for our wedding. So we made it. So everything's back to normal for now. And uh, we could, you know, put more focus towards this podcast, the Here Lies Metal podcast. So, but before the wedding, we went to a concert a um, festival. Festival, which, you know, is cool to go to once in a while. I mean, a small festival compared to, like, Psycho wasn't, you know, the size of Psycho. But ever it was quite significant and uh, quite enjoyable. Some of our favorite bands are playing. It's we, called Desert Fest. It's which which usually... Um, first Brooklyn Desert Fest. Yes. The, uh, the London one still took place, actually. Uh, I think it just later. happened. Yeah, the Shrine actually played at that one. But, um, yeah. So, you know, the London one was the original one. But, you know, they started doing it in Brooklyn now. And they did it, in, you know, for three different nights in two different clubs. Was it two? Was it, was yeah, it, yeah. The first night it was at St. Vitus. Yeah, which was... Which yeah. sold out immediately. It's a smaller venue, so it's pretty uh, um, easy to sell out. That's actually why we ended up going to Psycho, because I saw that the three-day passes, which, you know, that was the only one that included St. Vitus, had sold out. And I was like, oh, should we buy the two-day passes? We don't even know what bands are playing. Yeah. And then you're like, you want to just go to Psycho Fest? Yeah. And I was, that was the idea. I was like, oh my, why don't we just go to Psycho? Let's, I was wanting to go, and now is the best time to go. What a better, what, not a better honeymoon to go on than to Psycho Fest and out to the desert. I like the desert, and I would like to share my desert experiences with my new wife here, as um, she's never experienced the uh, magic of the desert to the Southwest. We're going in August. Yes. So it'll be the really. The height of the magic. Yeah, it'll be uh, extra hot. So it'd be like 110 degrees. But it's always fun. But anyway, let's go back to uh, Desert Fest, which uh, we saw at The Well. Is that what it was that place called? The Well. It was at The Well. Yes, that was The Well. And uh, it's more of a beer garden. So uh, we went to day two only. It was day two. We only went one day. But we we strategically chose, you know, the one where, you know, most of our favorite bands would be. Uh, One of our favorite bands, Tower, was playing. They were really, you know, the first band on, really. Um, they were the second, excuse me, they were the second band. Oh, second band, yeah, and actually elect, uh, Electric Electric Citizen? They were the or? first, yeah. wait, they were the first band on stage too. Yeah, but they were on the main stage, so yeah, Electric Citizen was on the main stage. So I think, um, yeah, Tower was on the small stage, mm-hmm. which was in a tiny little room that no one could fit in. But anyway, they played, they, had a play, they played a great performance, they had a lot of people watching them. Good job as usual, and uh, I had been considering, you know, I was joking around, 
before our wedding of hiring Tower to play our song. You know, or just hiring Tower to play a couple of songs during our wedding, which would have been very loud and obnoxious. <laughs> uh, you know, and I and I and I ran into them there, and I and I asked uh, Jim Danzo, um, "It's like, hey, how much would that cost? You know, for you to do that?" And he's like, "Oh, I don't know, a thousand bucks." I'm like, "A thousand bucks, dude!" It's like you realize wedding bands cost a lot more than that. You know, but you know, but basically, I could have gotten him. You know, and and the whole band probably. You know, I'm sure they would have done it for. You know, or I kind of just got him and the guitarist just to do the Queen song together in harmony, which would have been great because they're way better guitarists than me. Um, but we spent zero money and everyone was very impressed. Yeah, I didn't have to hire. I mean, I spent some money on some gear, but um, yeah. That's true. Otherwise, it was, uh, yeah, we did it ourselves. And it was epic, you know, the pictures and you know, everything, you know, they're really great. So Anyway, but, well, I was really excited to go to Desert Fest specifically to see Danava. Danava played. Who we had seen before opening for Uncle Acid. Mm-hmm. I'd never great. heard of them before that night, and I walked away very impressed. Yeah. Too many notes. Steve said too many notes. They have way too many notes. They're kind of like Tower, but they're actually, I like, like notes. really good. I'm not, I'm not saying Tower is bad, but, like, Danava, like, has, like, an original. They have, like, a sound that's theirs, that is absolutely theirs. It is a very original sound. There's just nothing like There's nothing like it. There really isn't. Um, that 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 uh, guitarist, I don't know his name, but you know he's a kind of a lanky, ugly dude, you know. But amazing guitarist. Don't be mean. I know he's he's a goofy looking dude, but my God, is he amazing? Yeah, he just plays like his style of playing is just outrageous. It really is, and everyone loves him. I mean, you know, he's he's you know he's definitely a character, and everyone is crazy about him. And uh, following them, we got to see the legendary. Dixie Dave, who we talked no, about. No, you're skipping one. What did I skip? Oh, oh, Jesus, how Whoa. can I skip this? Um, we had went out to eat, and when we came back, um, we walked in, and I, you know, and there's a band playing. Bunch of, I'm, I'm noticing him. I'm like, what a bunch of old guys. Like, these guys are old. And I'm kind of, I'm listening, and I'm like, this guy sounds a, that guy sounds a lot like the dude from Trouble, isn't he? Eric Wagner. And I'm, I'm listening to these guys, and so I'm like, and they're called the Scold, and I've never heard of these guys. So I'm I'm looking at who's the skull and, and lo and behold it is trouble. We got to see legendary doom pioneers of the eighties and nineties trouble without even knowing we were seeing them. That that's that's quite a few. That's like seeing candle masks. It's the same thing, really. I felt pretty stupid. Yeah, it was it was trouble, but you know, and they were they were old. I mean, yeah, like you know, we the, walked into the middle of their set. Yeah. after having dinner. But yeah, it's like oh, that's that's you know, like, that's. Trouble, like we one of the posers. most important. We were the hipsters there. I had no idea. What was yeah, happening. that was me. You know, I was like, oh, wow, that's you should you know, you 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 these guys inspired you to like doom music from the very beginning, and there they are, right there. You didn't even know they were playing. You didn't bother paying attention, you know, looking up who these bands were. But who would know? You know, here's some band called the Skull. You know, you're probably not gonna. It's like, all right, a little generic. Yeah, you're, yeah, it's very generic. And they weren't you know? even billed very highly. No, they weren't. They should have been. Build. The top bill for that night was Wind Hand. Yeah, whatever, Wind Hand. Windend. You know. I, everyone likes Wind. They're like, you know, everyone's like favorite band for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, just, I mean they have a so heavy bland. sound. Yeah, they're just not that interesting. I mean, they're not as bad as like Cough or something. But, you know, they're like, they're just like, you know, like, look how heavy we are. Look how heavy our riffs are. You I know, mean, and they got this girl singer who has a very like flowing voice. Like, uh, she has a very um, droney voice. Well, there's a lot of effects on her voice. Yeah, it's yeah really very hard echoey. to say what she sounds very echoey. like. Oh, yeah, she's not a powerful singer. I know singer, what her effect but, sounds like. Yeah. She's very echoey, very delay on her voice, very delay. You know, and I don't know if she's a good singer, but she works that tone very well. I mean, you know. 
She I mean, sort of that's the thing out. is the band has a great tone. They have this really cool aesthetic. Yeah, yeah the tone is good. The guitar but that, it's like good. a one note thing. Yeah, it's very droney. It's like it's not going to do anything that dynamic. It's going to it's real, which is what I don't like about it. You can't compare it to like Denava, who is like, you know, very exciting. Very and, and Denava is by no means a doom band. They're no, they're more like, like new wave. Yeah, like stony, you know, new wave British heavy metal, but prog too, like very prog, just very unique. So perfect. Yeah, it, it's really <laughs> something. Perfect fusion. Yeah, it's it's really a unique sound, and they're more akin to like Tower, but like Tower is a sort of like. Like they're, not proggy. Yeah. Tower's not proggy. yeah, Towers is very, you know, they're they, pretty basic, you I, know. They're... I believe um uh Sarah Beth, the singer, called them dad rock. And you know, they are that is dad rock. That's a very good example. Someone I heard was she like twenty two or something, that's dad rock. Definitely. I don't think she's twenty. I don't think she's that young, but still, <laughs> they're not, they're actually not that young. They're not as young as I think they're. Um Anyway, and... After the skull. Following the skull, uh, the legendary Dixie Dave. Did not disappoint. He killed it, man. He was Dixie Dave. He's standing right in front of us. We were right in front of him. I mean, I had high expectations, and he he exceeded them. He is Dixie Daving the whole fucking time, man. (laughs) He did it. He didn't give a fuck. He was 100% on... You just gotta experience him. Like, I can't really describe what he does. But he is... and everyone, all of the other people from that played previously were all gathering up on the side of the stage. Like the guys from Denava, the guys from the Skull, they were all like just gathering on the side of the stage as Dixie Day played, just cheering him on like he was some sort of rock and roll god. They were giving him hugs as he was playing, especially the guy from Denava. He was like, he was like all about it. I mean, Dixie Day really killed it. Weed Eater. Um, gotta see you know, Weed Eater. I mean, just. Don't miss it. You got to see this. It, it and, and after that, I'm like, how the fuck is Windend going to follow this? And they did. And people, you know, the people, Wind is like a cult. They have, they have, like everyone I know, like at my work that likes Doom, they all love Wind. That's like their favorite band. Like multiple people. I'm like, oh, Windend, we saw Windend. I mean, they're approachable. You know? Yeah, they're approachable. They're very approachable. But I'm just not into them. They're just a little too undynamic for me. You know, whereas yeah. Dixie Dave is just... Gixie Dave is more of a sludge, more of an I hate God sound, you know, but not, not, not really political, more just, more just stony, you know, about just debauchery, you know, and drinking and throwing up, you know, as opposed to where someone like I hate God is singing about politics and stuff, you know, very sort of left-wing political things, but, um, Dixie Dave don't really give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah, But uh, the whole festival is pretty cool. Yeah. That venue was, was nice. Yeah, and it had an outdoor thing, which St. Vitus really can't provide. It had, like, an outdoor courtyard with food and beer and coffee. You know, cool things like that outside. So it was more yeah. of, like, a festival. For next uh, year. I, yeah. I think they'll probably do it again. I think it, it seemed pretty successful. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I would I would buy, like, the two-day pass for yeah, the well for next definitely. year. I don't know about if I need to go to the St. Vitus night. Yeah, I don't want to. The St. Vitus would just be, you'll kind of be stuck in there. like. You know, eight hours at St. Vitus. Yeah, first of all, there's nothing going on by St. Vitus. There's nothing that yeah, interesting also, over there. Yeah, we went out, like, that area of Bushwick where the well is, is like... Yeah, it's a very cool area. It's a real hip, yeah. hip place, you know? Yeah, They've it's got like, all the shit there. There's a lot of cool restaurants. It's like a very cool place. Get a vegan donut. Yeah. We got one. <laughs> yeah. Good. Very, you know, pretentious vegan place as usual, but... Yeah, it's it's really the mecca over there. Whereas St. Vitus is in a very Polish neighborhood still. I mean, you know, there's some cool things in this on, on Manhattan Ave there, but not really. It, it's, you know, 
Though parking is a lot easier you know. by seeing bodies. And as much as you might shit on, like, a gentrified hipster neighborhood, if you're going to spend, like, you know, a whole day in an area, it's nice to go yeah. have a cup of coffee. Yeah, there's, there's cool things going on there. And just, not be in the desolate northern part of yeah, the Yeah, St. Vitus is at the end of Brooklyn. It's by the bridge. Next stop is Queens across that river there. So it's, you know, it's not in a very... And it's not a bad neighborhood by any means. It's just, you know, it's very Polish, very ethnic, you know. So not much going on by St. Vitus. But that was a good club. Great club. You know, great people, but, you know, just imagine being stuck in St. Vitus for a whole festival with nowhere really to go. I mean, you can go out for a smoke or something, but where where else are you going to go? You know, so. So that was a Desert Fest, and uh, that was a very good show. Far worth it. And we're looking forward to seeing Psycho Fest in August. Actually, well, in a week or two, we're going to go see the Bulldozer Bash of this year. We've been going three years in a row so far. And uh, I can't wait to see that. That's always fun. I don't know who's playing, but usual. Tomorrow we're seeing Iron Reich. Oh, yeah, we're going to see Iron Reich tomorrow. And Sacred Reich. Sacred Reich. Remember that? I did them. I did thing about, you know, Arizona Thrash, Sacred Reich. You know? I'm not a poser, I know, but more about Iron Reich. Yeah. Sacred Reich, they're not even letting them headline. They're they're, they're letting Iron Reich headline. Imagine that shit. So that's that's, that's the kind of thing you have to deal with in your old man thrash band, you know? And, and, you know, Iron Reagan is definitely very inspired by Sacred Reich. I mean, Iron Reagan is mostly inspired, say, by DRI. But, you know, same kind of area. You know, not so West Coast thrash, more of, like, you know, Texas, Arizona. You know, but that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I'm excited, and hopefully we won't die. Nah, it's, uh, you know, it's that place. That place isn't St. Vitus. That place, that place, that place isn't uh, the meat locker. <laughs> you know, that ain't the, that ain't the meat locker. You know, uh, what is it called? House of Independence or something? It's like a nice, yeah, it's I was nice more place. commenting on like the the crowds that attend this sort of thrash show. Oh yeah, I guess you know, yeah, you know, they might all come out for Iron Reagan. You know, although we know. are in Asbury Park. Yeah, it's know. Asbury Park though. That that that, that cool. That cool. Yeah. There's Asbury Park is not a very tough town anymore. Okay, not very tough people there. It's like the home of really bad New Jersey bands. You know, there's, there's like a scene down there of all these just because I, I just see, you know, there's a photographer I know who just shoots at the stone pony all the time. And he just there's just an endless parade of just generic bands. I don't know. They're just like generic. I don't know. I don't know, really know what. They, and they all have girl singers. Like every band has a girl. What's with that? Why does every band have a girl singer? Like, what is... What are you saying, I don't Steve? know. Like, why do you have a girl back singer? to when every band had a guy No, singer? but, like, are you specific... I'm just wondering, are you specifically looking for... Like, when you form the band, you're like, we have to have a girl singer. Like, I'm just wondering. It just seems a little odd. You know? It's just... I'm, I'm, I'm curious. You know, I noticed from his pictures, every girl, every singer is like a girl. So, I'm curious about that. Like, every band. So, yeah. Everyone. Hey, yeah, pretty much every band. Okay. Yeah. Um... What do we got next? We got the news. You want to talk about the news? Uh, that's what this show is for, because, you know, we have to do the news again. Yeah, okay, we just bullshit. Well, we are. You know, the news is bullshit. I mean, all of this yeah. news is complete bullshit. All of it. Um, so what are we going to start with here? Um, so let's start with... Uh, Our future some... marital home. Yes, we will restore this place and buy it. Um, ruins of the Aleister Crowley... Um, Bullet Sky House, which I talked about in detail in the past. That's why this article is so important to me. Um, is for sale. Now, it's a burnt-out shell. You could find pictures of it online. And it really is... I mean, it's still there standing, but it's really just a completely burnt-out thing. Um, 
BBC reports that the Boleskine House, former home of occultist Aleister Crowley and later owned by Jimmy Page, we went over, is for sale. Uh, of course, it's a burnt, it's a burnt, you know, shell. It, it burnt down in 2015. There isn't much left of it. But uh, demons and evil forces have congregated around me so thickly that we were shutting off the light, Crowley wrote and um, his experiments there. And, and as we went over in the Crowley episode, uh, many uh, rituals and experiments that were performed there. Um, Alistair Crowley continues from historical script. It was comforting situation. There could be no doubt of the efficiency of my operation. So basically he conjured up some kind of demons there. And maybe that's why um, Jimmy Page was interested in the house. Also, some guy killed himself in the house. He blew his head, own head off with a shotgun as well. That was, I think, I was between when Crowley owned it and Jimmy Page owned it. So, you know, people died in the house. Crowley was said to have summoned 115 spirits, 115. including Lucifer. Oh, Lucifer came to the party. Um... Yeah, and uh, the occultist also embarked on a complicated six-month power-giving black magic ceremony called Abramelum. We went over that. We went over that whole thing, if you were paying attention. and uh, But he was interrupted in the middle of the ritual by his grandmaster, the head of the Golden Dawn, who called him to Paris. And uh, Crowley didn't have time to banish the spirits, so um, they're still there, apparently. We went, over, we went over that whole thing. You know, how he, uh, well, he basically, it was kind of an unfinished project, what he was doing. He couldn't finish it. You know, because he was distracted. Clearly some ghost hunters burned the house in a cleansing fire. Maybe. Or maybe the demons were like, enough of this shit. You know. Anyway, if you listen to the police song, uh, Synchronicity 2, I believe it is. Um, it's basically about like, the bolus guy in the house. If you listen to the words, you know, the, this this one guy is about to come home and kill his family. At the same time, the Loch Ness Monster is coming out of the lake. And it's approaching the house, which he really is interpreted as the Boleskine house. You know, many miles away, something crawls to the surface from the bottom of the star. I'm not familiar. Yeah, it's about the, yeah, it's about Boleskine. Well, it only costs 510,000 pounds. 510,000 quid, um, which is uh, about probably like 800,000, maybe, maybe like near a million. For a burnt-out house, you know, not really. I'm sure, like, the <laughs> Loch Ness. It's on the Loch Ness. Yeah, I'm sure that's probably an expensive area to live, you know, just because it's what it is. It's lakefront. Yeah, it's lakefront. You know, it's a famous place. So it's probably a lot of rich people that like to move up there. But, um, yeah, but this is a burnt-out wreck for almost a million dollars. So, you know, you think San Francisco is expensive. Um, so, yeah. So fuck that guy. Uh, in more metal news... A Canadian grave robber um, was caught boiling um, a human skeleton and drinking the broth. Uh, where that do we go with that? how you make broth. Yes, we just know. Uh, Samantha was nice enough to make me um, matzo ball soup yesterday, which involves you know that kind of thing, but um, not with a human skeleton. Uh, a human skeleton. I wonder how old this thing. Should I click on this? Let's, <laughs> let's click on this really quick. Let's just. Hmm, that looks good. Um, okay, so a 20-year-old gray, a tw- no, uh, sorry, a 20-year-old boy, man, um, g- Rob dug up a grave of an unidentified 19th-century corpse and uh, boiled and licked and drank the broth of the bones. I wonder Sneak how Canadian that... Canadian Ricky Casso. Yeah, kind of. I don't think Ricky Casso ever ate them, but um, uh, these are, like, really old bones, so, like, I don't know how much that, that they're not, like, you know... There's nothing like in them anymore. That must have tasted uh, wonderful. 
Uh, but bone broth is not only delicious, but it's actually quite good for you. The collagen in the bone broth um, benefits the gut lining and reduces intestinal right, inflammation. We're not reading this whole article about uh, bone broth. Those are just you know the benefits of eating bone broth. Uh, but this is a really old one. Old. I want. I want to hear about this kid. Okay. So um, the reasons are unclear why he did it. But oh, okay. Yeah. Let's see. What can we find in here? Newfoundland. Uh, is this is what happens in Newfoundland, everybody. That and the uh, trailer park boys. That's in Newfoundland. Uh, it's in Nova, Nova Scotia. Scotia. It's, it's like right there. It's is up it? there. There's nothing I don't going know. on. There's nothing going on up there. Um, let's see here. I don't. I don't think this article is going to give us anything good. Yeah, they didn't really. Oh, do we have a picture of him? Was this him? Oh, there he's holding, hiding himself in this. He looks very room. Canadian. His name is Lucas Daw. He's twenty-eight. He's twenty. He's 20. only twenty. Twenty. Sorry, Lucas Daw. Twenty. Um, yeah, and, uh, I don't know if it got him sick, you know, just eating that. That's, that's just crazy. That's another reason to be cremated. Um, yeah, but, you know, listen, I want my body to take up space. I You're deserve it. You're going to be turned it. into broth. Uh, hopefully no one eats Dumbass. Me. No, well, maybe I want some of my body to be made into a sausage. Just because. Ew. I don't want it to be eaten, though. I wanted to toss what? It to you just wanted it to rot? Yeah, I just want to be kept in the freezer forever. Like a jerky? Yeah, you know how we, you, know, you kind of forget about meat in the freezer? Like, you know, like we have those burgers in there we didn't eat. You know, we're, if, we're throwing those out. We're throwing those out. But what if I was just a sausage in a refrigerator forever? That's horrible. You know, you just have to label it, don't eat. Don't eat me. Yeah. I just think it's funny. It's just something I would think about sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But All right, close I'd, this. I'd be easier to eat than uh, some hundred-year-old bones. So, what else we got here? Soup. New Jersey man brought two cans of gas into St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York um, two days after the Notre Dame fire. Uh, police reports say a man carrying two canisters of gasoline, two bottles of lighter fluid, and lighters into St. Patrick's Cathedral in, in Manhattan was arrested. Uh, Wednesday night, this is a while ago. We're just getting to this. This story happened maybe two or three weeks ago. Um, after uh, the big fire uh, that Varg caused at um, Notre Dame Cathedral in France, a uh, New Jersey man was accused of bringing uh, the gas and lighters in St. Patrick's Cathedral. Um, was arrested two days earlier for refusing to leave the, cath the cathedral, um, the Cathedral Basilica of the Sacred Heart in Newark, which is very similar. That's that big one over in Newark. So I, I was just, that's funny. I was just thinking about that. When I saw the fire in Notre Dame, like I really thought it, like I didn't, kind of didn't look at it. I thought it was the cathedral in Newark burning just to my quickly looking at it. And I was like, oh, that's Notre Dame. But I was thinking about that cathedral in Newark. But it's also a big cathedral as well. So he was probably thinking about burning that one too. But I think people watch this movie and they're, you know. I don't think he had anything to do no, with that. No, he just, he just saw Notre Dame. I think he like, was just disturbed. Yeah. We never know. Like, I would like to know read, what's in this guy's head. I read that he was like a philosophy professor. Uh, oh, he's an older guy. <laughs> no, he was actually like 37. Yeah. He was like a graduate student. And he's... Um, philosophy. He's a nihilist. We don't know. But he had a one-way flight also booked to Rome. <laughs> He was going to burn he was that one. Big. He he's was thinking, thinking the biggest. He's gonna get the main. He's gonna get. He's gonna decapitate the whole system. Nice job. Anyway, man. we'll try. I get try to get him on the podcast. Yeah. Um, so he's a local. He's, yeah. 
he's from New Jersey. So after his arrest, the NYPD said they found Lamparello, which is his name, uh, booked a one-way flight to Rome. Yeah, like you said. So um, he didn't complete his mission, but he was, he had, yeah, he had big plans. Somebody died. This guy, you probably didn't hear of him, but I saw like a video of these guys and they really kind of uh, struck a nerve with me. Uh, they called Negro Terror from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, basically, kind of like this all black, which I don't know why that even matters. But um, kind well, of an you oi can't band. be a white band called Negro yeah, Terror. Yeah, well, yeah, well, uh, it's kind I mean, of like a, a different kind. It's like of a band. Spanish-looking dude in there, you know. But uh, kind of an oi band, uh, really aggressive. And I just kind of saw their video a few weeks ago. And I was like, well, these guys are pretty fucking awesome. Anyway, the singer is this big fat dude, and he just died at the age of thirty-seven. So I, I'm, just, I'm just. Uh, reporting on that because I was like, oh, it kind of shocked me. I was like, oh my God, I just saw that guy. I thought that guy was awesome. Like you had just noticed this band and then... Yeah, and then the guy died. I thought they were going to be something like, well, these guys are going to, you know, these guys are going to be touring. These guys are going to, you know, leave a mark. And, uh... Nope. Yeah, the guy died. He was a big fat dude, so, you know, wasn't probably wasn't in the best health. It's um, too bad. Yeah. So, yeah. Negro Terror. So, listen to his stuff, though. It's pretty, pretty fucking awesome. So, and he just called it Negro Terror. He's like, fuck you. I'm calling it Negro Terror. <laughs> He's like, fear this, motherfuckers. You know, so it's pretty good. It's good. So, rest in peace, Omar Higgins. What do we got here? Oh, the Cro-Mags. The Cro-Mags, uh, as you know, you probably heard, I probably even mentioned it before, um, the, the, the ballad of, the, the ballad and the battle of, um, of Harley Flanagan and John Joseph always going at it, you know. But uh, last year, founding basis Harley Flanagan sued the now former bandmate John Joseph. Um, John Joseph was actually on Joe Rogan a few weeks ago. And uh, Mackie Jason on drums, a famous Mackie Jason, great drummer, uh, legend that um, he and he alone came up with the idea for the band in 1981 that Joseph and, and, and Mackie had been using the Crow Mags moniker without his permission since he left the group in 2002. Uh, according to John Joseph... I'm gonna do it with the John Joseph voice. I'll do it. What's that voice? Uh, uh, I have to kind of sing it. I'm, I'm not gonna do. It. I'm only gonna do it for a sentence because I'm, I'm not gonna be able to keep this up. As all our loyal fans of those wars know, John Joseph, Maggie Jason, Agent Navarro, and Craig Devaney have been performing at Chromax for many years. That's how John Joseph thinks. Anyway, I'm Sorry. not gonna do the whole thing like that or I'll lose my voice. The signs of the time around us. Due to a recent litigation involving Harley Flanagan, John Joseph and Mackie Jason have all agreed to the benefit of our fans, supporters, that we all want to make sure that everyone knows who it is where you're coming to see. Therefore, I mean, they're both authentic, though. You know, it's like you have two different bands that are both like the real thing. It's like, it's not like, oh, that one's fake. It's well, like they almost reached a fair conclusion. They almost did, but. Almost did. You know. They came so really close. Anyway, keep going. Didn't. Yeah, we'll continue. Therefore. We had reached a settlement designed to avoid any further confusion. The lead singer and drummer um, on the famous Age of Coral album, um, John and Mackie, along with AJ and Craig, going forward and will perform under the name Cro-Mags JM, which they have legal right to use. The JM stands for John and Mackie. Uh, whatever happened to a Paris Mayhew? Isn't a guy named Paris Mayhew formed this? What happened to him? Anyway, he's not mentioned in this. As for August 1st, 2019, all shows under Chromax Jam will feature us, and all shows under the regular Chromax name will feature Harley. So there's the there's the Chromax and there's the Jam Chromax. Um, so you have two different Chromax. So make sure you look at the lineup accordingly before you know which um, Chromax you're going to see. But 
they're, you know, they're both they're both legit though, you know. If you have John Joseph or you have Harley Flanagan, though Harley Flanagan has been opening for the Misfits in their one-off shows. So I don't know if they asked John Joseph. They did ask Harley Flanagan. I think he's good friends with Danzig. So, yeah. Harley Flanagan, if you want to know anything about Harley Flanagan, he's just one angry-looking Irish guy. He's the most angry-looking Irish guy you've ever seen. He's just, you know, he's just a ball of rage. You know, so. Once, uh, in 2012, um, Flanagan showed up to a band's performance in, at Webster Hall with a hunting knife. And, uh, and, uh, apparently, uh, stabbed someone in, in the survival band. But, uh, charges were dropped, though. Harley Flanagan. See, Harley Flanagan is just angry. He's pissed off. But, you know, he's running around free. Sepultura had a show in Lebanon and it was canceled. I guess in Beirut, over concerns of devil worshipping and support for Israel. That's a crime. Support for Israel is a crime, apparently, in uh, Lebanon. Um, according to uh, the band, uh, we're going to, um, or the organizers, we're going to host a concert for the Brazilian metal band Sepultura on the 20th of April at the Palace, or Uresco Center in Beirut. Um, after duly applying for artist entry visas for the band, we were informed that the band members had been banned from entering Lebanon. I always felt like, you know, when I had my band Holy Anima, like if we ever got big and toured, I'd probably just, we'd probably get banned from places too, just for being called Holy Anima, I would think. But anyway, I just thought that was funny. We were told that uh, the issue is delicate and it relates to insulting Christianity, um, but supporting Israel? I don't get that. That seems... Like, like they're insulting Christianity. Like, isn't Lebanon a Muslim country? I don't, I don't, what, what? like. I don't know too much about. Yeah, Lebanon. I think Lebanon's fairly mixed, though. Anyway, I'm not sure about the politics of that. It seems weird to me. the The bands, um, and, and the band's members are devil worshippers. They, they're not devil worshippers, I assure you. Uh, and they, they, that they had held a concert in Israel previously, and they filmed a video clip supporting Israel. A decision was issued by the head of the General Security Forces. So this went all the way to the top. And they would like to clarify that these accusations are totally untrue. The band did not play. The band didn't even play in Israel. And as for insulting religion, current members of Sepultura fight against all forms of corruption and call on the world to return to the goodness in nature and to reject corruption. Since it's the nature of all metal music, the band uses a violent style of expression, but did not directly attack Christianity. If you want an attack on Christianity, then call Varg. Varg will heal. He's your he's your Puckleberry. If you want that, or or that guy up in Poland, whatever his name Sepultura. is. Come on, guys. They're, they're a bunch of just Brazilian. Actually, the singer. I don't think he's even. I think he's from Cleveland. That that big dude. I don't think he's even Brazilian. Um, but yeah, if you want uh, insult Christianity, ask that that dude from Poland. What's his name? That that. That stupid band, whatever they called. Behemoth? Behemoth. That dude. What was his name? Nurgle? Nargle? <laughs> he, he'll, you know, because he's a he's an edgelord, you know. I'm surprised he hasn't tried to burn He probably doesn't want to go to Lebanon. He's like, I don't want to go to Lebanon. I'm not going there. Anyway. Anyway, I thought what was funny is that the promoters went on to talk about other places in the Arab world where they're playing, like the UAE and Turkey and... Dubai, <laughs> and you think got banned from Lebanon? Uh, yeah, of all, like yeah, they didn't get banned from Dubai. You mean? Yeah, 
Wow. Like, if you don't, like, yeah. Look, what's, so I, I that's really weird. Because Lebanon's, like, a pretty free place compared to somewhere like Dubai. General security forces in Lebanon. That's just, weird. Uh, they, a, they were able to play in the, in the UAE. It's and, a particular bone to pick with Sepultura. Yeah, they're like, we don't like Sepultura is not really the... Guys, like, I don't uh, like Sepultura. Like, they suck. That's the what, I think that's what it was. Band out there. Definitely the not. Offensive band. Yeah. And they were allowed to play in Dubai, which, you know, you're not allowed to drink there. Right? You drink, they'll fucking put you in jail, man. So, yeah, that's... uh. That's odd. The guy must seriously, he's like, you know, he's like, I like the, the, the guy from Lebanon. He's like, I like sarcophago instead. I don't like Sepultura. I like Brazilian metal, but I don't like Sepultura. They're too commercial. That's probably why. He likes <laughs> so, the more hardcore Brazilian metal. You guys sold out. Yeah. He's like, you guys sold out. That's why I didn't let you guys in. Fucking Lebanese. They don't give a fuck about that shit. Um, Fenris has a um, playlist he made available for your you to view on uh, Spotify and probably other services. Um, uh, it's a very good mix of music, I would say. Um, Penrose has excellent taste. Yeah, it's, and it's not just like, if you think it's just black metal, you're damn wrong. Oh, it's, no, it's everything. definitely not. It's literally everything. And uh, very dynamic. Like, very little black metal. Yeah, Penrose probably doesn't even like black metal anymore. <laughs> he probably he doesn't did. play black metal anymore. Yeah, he probably did when he was like 19. He was like, I'm so, I'm so edgy. But now, you know, he doesn't give a fuck. So, yeah, so we made you guys a playlist. Just check it out. You know, he's, uh, he's definitely, uh, you know, yeah, his songs, um, like I said, it's a, it's stuff from Metal Church, you know, stuff from Agent Steel. Hey, Agent Steel. Remember them? I had them on the, on the thing. Um, Anito Road, Iron Maiden, Metallica, you know, the usuals. Nuclear assault. He's got except. He's got. He's got. You know. He's got it's all the good shit. He's got all of. He's got Omen on here. Shit. He's got trouble. You know. He, he's In got his description. He called it the eternal metal list. It, it is. He's got all the standards here. You know. He's got some anthrax. He's got Razor. Another guy. He's got some of the streets. He's got like classic thrash. He's got Hyrex. This guy knows his fucking thrash. First of all, you know. He's got some death metal. You know. Morbid Angel. Possessed. And he's got a James Gang song. Isn't that awesome? And he got, he's got, he put Fate's Warning on there. I saw Fate's Warning at St. Vitus once. You know, they're pretty boring. Henry <laughs> says he's been dedicating his life to good taste. Yeah, he's good. He's got he's, to make up for his brushes with Varg. Yeah, he, he's, you know, he's just a regular dude who likes good music. He's got some ZZ Top on there. Uh, some Dry Heap. Some Forbidden. Nasty Savage. These are all, you know, bands that we've mentioned on this show. Merciful Fate. Some Kiss. Burtsum. He, oh, he had to put the Burtsum oh, on Yeah, he, <laughs> he had to give a shout out to his friend. What else he got here? Creator from Germany. Wehrmacht. I'm not, I'm not a napalm shower from Wehrmacht. I'm not familiar with that. Terrorizer. Paradise Lost. Awesome. Bolt Rower. I'm pretty hyped for the new Dark Throne album. Yeah. Gotta check it out. You know, Dark Throne's still making good music and they're you know, having a good time. They're not like trying to burn churches or anything. Just going over this place. This guy's good. Brenner's is good. He's got everything you need. Trust him. Oh, he's got Sepultura. He's got Sepultura. <laughs> Plus, this Agent Steel. The dude from Agent Steel was like a crazy conspiracy theory. Look them up. Look up Agent Steel. Check them out. They were like one of those bands that, one of those West Coast thrash bands everybody missed. But, you know, they, they're worth, they're worth a listen for sure. Anyway. The guy from Mastodon, that dude with the beard that, that sings like a lion, he's like, rawr, rawr, rawr. That guy, the, you know, the one with the big voice. Is that the guy with the tattoo? Uh, no, no, that's, um, I forget that dude's name. 
That's the guitarist. The bass Brent. player. That's yes, Brent. Brent. Right. Yeah, the guitarist Troy Sanders. The bass player is Troy. He's the guy with the beard. Troy Sanders is the annoying vocalist. Yeah, he's the one who sings that big. He's like, he's like, blah, 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 and he sings. You know, like the drummer has a real like, you know, the drummer sounds like a boy band. He's like, and the and the guy with the tattoos on his face kind of sounds like Ozzy when he sings. But uh, Troy Sanders kind of has this big liony voice. He's like, blah, 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 blah. you know, kind of goes like that, <laughs> blah blah. Baby Jones like, shut up. I'm like, shut up. Baby Jones like, Mastodon sucks, and she's right. I don't like Mastodon. You know, they're just over, just overrated. You know, but anyway. We're talking about Troy Sanders. Troy Sanders, for some reason, they're going to let him join Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy's going to go on a tour. Thin Lizzy once in a while goes on tours, whatever, whoever's in the band. I don't even know who's in the band. But uh, occasionally they go up, they play. And Troy Sanders will be taking the part of Phil Lynott. Well, I don't think he's going to be singing, but he will be playing bass. Well, who's going to sing? Uh, I'm not sure. Let's see. Let's, let's continue to read. It doesn't say. I already it, looked. It does not, does not say who is going to uh, sing. Um, all right, but... Uh, Let's see here. They're going to come out 50 years since the formation of the original band. 40 years since the Black Rose album. Very good album. Check out the Black Rose album. Then Lizzie. Uh, according to the band, none of its current members were were, were were there for its formation. And only one, Scott Gorham, appears in Black Rose. That's right. So legitimacy is low. Yeah, but, there's uh, no one. There's no original members. It's really... It's hard. Yeah, they, how can you really... It's not Thin Lizzy. It's what a, can we do? It's a cover. We got to see when we don't, but when we saw Judas Priest, we got to see the closest thing to Thin Lizzy. They were called the Dark Storm Riders or some shit like that. Dark something. The Dark Throne Toilets or something. I don't know. Dark Star Riders. Dark Star Riders or something. Or is that a different band? I don't know. Something like that. Didn't it just have Scott Gorham? And yeah, it just had Scott Gorham and other was, members of and other members who are currently playing in Thin Lizzy as well. It's basically this. You yeah, know, the same thing. We basically saw this reunion yeah, already. Basically, yeah, Scott just Gorham. Just without Troy Sanders. And it's just, you know, it's just Scott Gorham, which I guess is cool. You know, you know. They, they did Thin Lizzy covers. Yeah, too, so. obviously they would. But that's a close. It's like we set. already saw this. Yeah. But, you Very know, cool. without, but they're getting Troy Sanders, which is kind of a step down. It's, it's, it's I mean, I hate to like bash Thin Lizzy, but like the, the thing that, they, that they're playing now, it's just like this cover band. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like, even enjoy It's like Scott Gorham is down there, this legend, and it just doesn't even matter. He's not even, you got to play it up, Scott. You're Scott Gorham. You got to play it up, man. You're like, I'm Scott Gorham, everyone. There's a lot of Thin Lizzy fans, and you're just like, oh, I'm in this band. And I didn't even know you were in the band until I, I'm like, I'm like looking down, I'm like, that's Scott Gorham down there? You know? And I was like, wow, that's cool. But, you know, your music, you know, it's, it's not that good. So you, should, you, got, you have big shoes to fill. So if you can't walk in them, maybe you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't put them on. So, um, do you know Manowar is completely fucking full of shit? No. For the past few years, I've been ranting and raving about Manowar's final battle. You heard me many times on this podcast talking about how Manowar, how, when are they coming here? What's with this final battle? When is this going to end? They've been, they said it was only last a year. They've been doing it for three years. Well, the reason for that is because Manowar isn't breaking up. They're, con- they're going to continue to terrorize us. And, and ridicule themselves for um, all of eternity, as they, you know, as they told us they would back in the day. They weren't lying. So, what do you think? What? what? I'm sorry. I was so no, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have to. I have to. I was completely. Uh, I, I need to trade off with you. I can't. I can't. I can't. I, can't, I realize I can't. I'm, I was just letting you. I can't go. keep saying everything. You know, I, I like when you like. When I'm talking and you read the rest of it, like without you, you know me, I, you just do it, which is good. Yeah, but I was like zoning in. I was, I don't even. How can you zone about Man of War? That's like the most important story here. So, according to Joey DeMaio, 
Okay, I'm going to do a Joy to Mayo voice. Okay, let me clarify something. We never announced the end of, end event. Yes, you fucking <laughs> yes, did. You did. You're such a fucking liar, and I'm done with you. You said goodbye. You are like the fucking president of the United the States. Tour, the final battle. You and you did it like way worse than Ozzy did for like Ozzy did it, you know. But everyone's like, oh, it's Ozzy, you know. But you guys, you guys are like, no, we're ending this and blah blah blah. We didn't even plan to never tour again. Yes, you did. You're such a liar. We said it's time for a break. No, you didn't. Why are you lying, dude? I, I, I'm going to find the fucking article, dude. I'm going to find it. You'll see. I'm going to put it on the next episode. I'm pretty sure it's on. If you click oh, on that, oh, like, oh, it's on there? Down the you end. can there see you it. So, yeah. There you go. So, yeah, these guys, everyone's on. Everyone know. Everyone's we on. We all team, know. Joey. Like, they're, they're, the news. The, it's not uh, a mystery. The, uh, the people that published this article already were on that. They found your, the shit you said. So, so anyway. So, that we could work on other projects and fix our fans. Uh, a project for our fans, fix our fans. <laughs> they like to fix me. For example, I'll be traveling with a spoken word tour. This a spoken word tour. Finally, okay. a spoken like like Henry Rollins. Yeah. Are you gonna tour with Henry Rollins? Maybe. Don't you want? To, I would go to Joey. I uh, yeah, I would definitely see. <laughs> so what's he gonna do? Is he gonna be traveling a spoken word tour? Talk about the glory of metal. I can. Fucking wimps and posers. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Okay, I support that. Um, it's gonna be comical. Swords. Swords. Your show us your motorcycles or there. Can you can I ride on your motorcycle? Um, you know, underage girls. Underage girls. I'm sure he's done plenty of that. I'm sure everyone in Manor should be in jail, not just uh, not just Carl Logan. Uh, I'm working on a metal opera. Oh, please don't. <laughs> he's working on a metal. Op- please don't, Joey. How about you don't? Couldn't like the agony of ecstasy of Achilles. Well, no, 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 no. Because whereas you ever listen to Manowar's later stuff, like um, their th- like their uh, Odin album, that's like a metal opera. It's terrible. So okay. It's it's, it's terrible. Yeah. I already did it. Why you need another one? Well, he's gonna he's gotta do it like on probably on a on a live stage. You know, he's probably gonna do it like in an opera house, in like Russia or something. You know, so um, think he says think we will rock you, but Manowar. Oh, so it's a rock opera. Okay. It's a metal opera. Well, it's the, in the style of like a rock opera. See, the thing he did with Odin, that was like more of like a an orchestration thing. Uh, but this is supposed to be like a rock opera, so it's going to be like fun, I guess. Um, I don't know. That's uh, I don't know what to say about that, man. With um, the overwhelming feedback from this tour, yes, sure got overwhelming feedback from this tour. You lost a couple of members during it. <laughs> the, the fans uh, will be literally. <laughs> enjoy the fans will be literally begging us to continue. God, you got it. You got you got some some gusto, man. They they will be begging us to continue. Keep, keep reading. And uh, it's really hard work not to think of new touring. We've had fans tell us that the thought of us retiring or not touring anymore takes the joy out of their lives. Yes. I gotta wait. I gotta do that in joy to my voice. We've had the fans tell us that the thought of us retiring and not touring anymore takes us, tells, takes the joy out of their lives of metal. Having such an impact is an honor and responsibility that we take seriously. Uh, it's, Sacred yeah. charge to be in man of war. Maybe in like, you know, in, maybe in the Europe. happiness of so many in your hands. Uh-huh. 
maybe in Europe, like, you know, Poland and Russia and Germany and stuff, they're like, you know, this really, they're like really. Are they like not allowed to listen to their music there? Yeah. Like they're just, just they, you, they, you really change people's lives. Hey, and maybe some way, and, I, and I'm not going to deny that you changed my life, Joey. Hey, we played your song Fighting the World in our wedding. <laughs> when, uh, which, you know, you found out you probably sue us. But uh, when we came out, you know, when they introduced the bride and the groom, we came out to Fighting the World awesomely. Everyone cheered. It was awesome. You know, everyone was digging it, or at least they were pretending they were. So, um, yeah. So, Joey, thank you for the great music, but you're just being ridiculous recently. I can't, you know, I try. I would always defend you from all the wimps and posers and the false and the practitioners of false metal trying to drag your name through the mud over the years. But I can't, you know, it's 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 getting more and more difficult to defend you, Joey DeMaio. You know, it, it's really challenging because you're... You know, you're, you're, you're like Trump-level ridiculousness. You're getting there, man. I don't know what to say, Joey. But, hey, if you don't want to retire, you know, that's fine. Just, you know, the rock opera. I don't know, man. Oh, man, of war. So, this just in from the Corey Taylor News Network, uh, or Loudwire, as you know it is. Um, uh, you can watch um, Slipknot's Corey Taylor hit a high note on uh, their live Guns N' Roses cover. Um, so, um, looks like Corey Taylor left off some, let off some steam, uh, last weekend by performing another gig billed as Corey Taylor and Friends. Corey Taylor has many friends. And uh, this time they were playing the Guns N' Roses classic, um. It's so easy. It's so easy. It's so easy. easy. That song used to scare me when I, when I was a kid. <laughs> That's what that when I first oh, really? heard. Yeah, when I first heard. Yeah, believe it or not, uh, another song scared me. That was like nineteen eighty eight, and I first heard the Appetite for Destruction album. And he says all kind of. It was just such a scary sound. It was just a negative song to me. You know, I never heard anything. I never heard any hard rock like that. I had, before that, I listened to like Aerosmith or Def Leppard or something. I never heard anything so so angry. So um, so I'm, I'm I guess Corey Taylor is doing it. It's so easy. I guess that's what you know they were impressed with. Like is, is Loudwire consciously parodying themselves with an article no, like this? No, 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 no. They think no, no, no. They like as, hitting a high note. Yes, anything Corey Taylor does, like that, like I said, is he is a professional vocalist. Oh, no, but look at that. They're, they're they're like they're like they're like this. They're like this is the this is them when they see Corey Taylor Slipknot or or, or Stone Sour. They're like, oh my god, look at Corey Taylor. It's amazing. Did you see what Corey Taylor just did? Did you see his new mask for Slipknot? It's amazing. Did, did you see it? It's so badass. That's that's how they look at Corey Taylor. They're just, they just lose all um, control of their bowels when they anything Corey Taylor happens. Yeah, anything you know, Corey Taylor goes is going to the bathroom. Corey Taylor just went to that porta john. It's amazing. All right, let's pick up the pace here. Let's go. Yeah, we're dragging. Danzig <clears throat> announces fall release. For a Danzig sings Elvis, uh, covers records. <laughs> Danzig sings Elvis covers. That sounds like a bad idea. Uh, yeah, Danzig's really into Elvis though, so he's finally doing Elvis. Can Danzig even sing anymore? Uh, not really. He's he, he kind of screeches. I, I saw. I had the displeasure of seeing him um, coc open for him. Um, of course, he doesn't let anyone film him because he's a douche. Uh, but you know, Danzig has always been a big fan of like Roy Orbison. He even wrote a song for Roy Orbison. So Danzig is into that. Danzig is basically into like that early rock and roll. He hates everything after that. He expressed how much he hates like the Beatles and anything like that. Any like sort of big music. He just likes sort of like the grassroots of American music. 
of rock and roll like that. You know, because so, he's too cool. For, it's going to be like Bob Dylan's Christmas. Yeah, exactly. But, so, yeah. Danzig's making Elvis album. Obviously. I am interested in his vampire spaghetti western film. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, He's doing... Uh, it's his second film. Yeah, yeah, he's made... Yeah, he's, what was uh, his first film? Uh, What was his... Oh, I forgot what it was. But he's appeared in films before. He appeared in... um. There was this movie with Christopher Walken where he's like, it was almost like Supernatural, the movie where they play these angels. It was almost like Supernatural copied <laughs> off of them. And Danzig plays one of like the bad angels, like very brief part. He gets killed pretty quickly. I think like, uh, who was the good guy angel? Was it Nicolas Cage or something? I don't fucking know. But Christopher Walken was like the bad guy. Yeah. He's like, I'm a bad angel. I'm a bad angel. And this here is Glenn Danzig. You know, Christopher Walken. All right. Jason Bonham apologizes to Jimmy Page for untrue. Was that about that thing we talked yes. about yesterday? Oh, so it was true. Oh, and to correct the record yeah. on whatever bullshit article you found, is that they, fake. they obviously that this did happen. There was a woman chained to the floor meowing. There you go. They oh, did not man. kill her though. No, yeah, I didn't think they killed her. Honestly. But they did do well. Jason Bonham did claim that Jimmy Page gave him cocaine. Yeah. So there you go. Wasn't fake. Wasn't fake. Well, news, no. Man. Now it's retracted. Oh, is that, someone is, talked is to real? Jason Bonham and he put out this very legal sounding. I <laughs> I unconditionally react to all derogatory and defamatory comment. This is like this is like hell, a gun held to his head. This is a like, lawyer or a lot of, or a lawyer held to his head uh, relating to Mr. J Page that I made in that interview in particular. It is wholly untrue that Mr. Jimmy Page offered me any illegal substance either when I was a minor at all. Jimmy Page must have slapped him with a threat of a major-ass lawsuit. Um, I apologize, Mr. Page, unservingly for making these unfounded, untrue comments about him. Out of my long-held respect for Mr. Page, I will make no further comments. This is so robotic. The interview, and, and I agree to make no further comments. Mr. Page might be disparaging either now or in the future. So, yes, that sounds like, you know, a lawyer came right out after that, and he's like, you will cease and desist that right now. And John and Jason Bottom was like, yes, sir, I will. Jimmy Page is out there, and he's listening. Listen, Jimmy Page has the power of the occult. Okay, either hired a lawyer or you, hired, or you summoned a demon. And that demon paid Jason Bottom a visit at night. And, um, you know, he put the scare into him. Put the fear of Satan into him. That's what happened. See? Jimmy Page gets his way. It's like that time when he cursed that band. I forgot what they were called, but he cursed the band. And it fucking worked. The shit worked, man. They just disappeared like that. Gone. Judas Priest Glenn Tipton is working on riffs. He's not out yet, man. He's still... He's still fighting so uh glenn tipton who we got the song came out during our show i think he's doing that more often now he's yeah 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 i saw other pictures of him yeah he's i think he's getting better so they're, they're wheeling him out you know you know they're putting him on a wheel a wheelbarrow bringing him out on stage wheeling him on he's, he's doing a good job though you know so it's good i'm glad he's, he's doing more shows but we, we were lucky enough to see him during our show on recent weeks rob have confirmed that the follow-up to 2018's great album firepower was definitely coming to make another album. They don't give a fuck. They're doing it again. Uh, things have become a bit more uh, concrete as the singer told Do You Know Jack, I guess to the podcast, uh, that fans can absolutely expect a new album, not too distant future. In fact, that Glenn's back in the UK now making riffs. And um, 
and he's written a, quite a lot of them, and he's working on his new album. So, um, very cool that the founding member Glenn Tipton is not dead yet. But so. they are currently on tour, and we will not be going because they're playing all the B venue, the B. Cities. Oh yeah, yeah, they're doing their. This is like their secondary tour. They're so they're doing like Albany. But so I'm so. mad because. They're playing all this cool shit that they don't usually play. Ah, that that see, look at that. Yeah, here's the playlist. So Judas Priest brings out rarities, never before performed songs. They they did like one of those when we saw them, which was cool. They started doing Saints in Hell, which was cool. But um, now they're doing. I think Metallica's doing the same thing. Of course, Metallica always does shit like they'll just randomly play rare songs. But Judas Priest sort of made a thing about it. So they're doing. Uh, here's a set list here. Um, Necromancer, which they never played before. Uh, the Sentinel. The Sentinel. Hasn't been played since... see the Sentinel. Yeah. Hasn't been played since 2012. All right, so that's not a thing. Heading Out to the Highway. Hasn't been played since 2012. They really haven't played that song since 2000. It's a kind of an important... But that song was also in our wedding. That's what we walked off the stage to. I don't believe that... That's, that's, that's like a standard. Uh, Spectre. But they have that. a lot of standards, okay? It's they, But you gotta play that one. It's like, you know... Um, Take These Chains, Live Do, Judas Rising... What is that? <laughs> that's one of the later bullshit songs. I don't want to hear that song. Out in the Cold. Uh, Out in the Cold, that's a good song. They haven't played it since 1986. Traitor's Gate, it must be. Starbreaker. Haven't they? So they Starbreaker. Haven't, they, they must have had a good tour in 2012. They've been playing good songs in 2012. They just... Well, I think they haven't played them because they have all these new songs to play. They kind of have to focus on these new songs. Um, that's really... Hey, and these other songs, songs. They're, um, they're all standards after that. But yeah. But they're anyway, doing if some, you're you know. In Albany, consider going to see them. Yeah, if you're in Albany, in the middle of nowhere, you have something to do now. So, so anyway, Matt Pike, um, the Here Lies Metal uh, podcast is, uh, I like to call it, you know, um, I like to call it uh, the Here Lies Metal podcast. Um, what Corey Taylor said, what Tobias Forge um, is doing, and how Matt Pike is feeling. Uh, that's what we call it. But anyway, Matt Pike has something to say. And Matt Pike, because um, we always have news about Matt Pike. Right. And Matt Pike is, by the way, is, but if you need to know, Matt Pike is feeling much better. He's, he's yeah. looking very well. Yeah, he's doing it. He lost a lot. You guys see him? Is, is that, that belly, has that basketball he swallowed? It's going away, man. They must have put him on. They're like, all right, Matt Pike, you cannot drink anymore uh, and stop eating hot dogs. And, uh, you know, and, uh, just, you know, you're getting old. You got, you got the diabetes, so you can't uh, burn the candle on both ends anymore. You got to kind of take it easy. And I think he is. And he's looking good. So, you know, he's, he's born again hard, this guy. So Matt Pike says, these are the best albums in which to get stoned. And I, I had a whole list of this myself, you know, when I when I lived under those circumstances. Um, Black Sabbath, Master of Reality. Blech. That's a little basic, Whatever, Matt. dude. You could do better. D- dude, hey, Matt Pike, talk to Fenris, okay? He'll, he'll stick to... He's a little, um, he's a little less Listen, shallow than you, okay? Looking at this list... Matt Pike's just like a dude. Yeah, he's a guy. Fenris is like a hipster. Yeah, yeah, Henry, yeah, Fenris is like a hipster. He knows his shit. I don't think Matt Pike really like is like that. He's like, yeah, he's Matt a Pike dude. just says shit that he likes and he doesn't care. Like, like Matt if Pike, it's overplayed. Yeah, he's kind of like Chase. Or, like, he's like Black Sabbath, Master of Black Black Sabbath. Yeah, Master of Obviously, I don't even like that album. You know, it's such an overplayed it, fucking album. It's you just don't like it because it's overplayed. It's so overplayed. It's like whoa, it's got sweetly. Well, I bet Matt uh, Pike would be like, well, it's because it's good. Yeah, it is, but whatever. You know, oh my god! If I got to hear Sweet Leaf one more fucking time, <laughs> uh, Metallica, Ride Your Lightning. It's not really a high album for me. That's the thing. Is the rest of these albums are all well, except for Pink. Black Flag, My War, Side B. Yes, that's high. You could do could do that. Side B though. Side okay. B. Celtic Frost, Emperor's of Trance. A little. That's uh. 
you know, you can keep your head together for that one. But uh, Misfits Legacy of Brutality. I never thought weed in the Misfits. I love Legacy of Brutality. But uh, I don't know when I smoke weed to it. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, how about Pink Floyd Obscured by Clouds? How about we could do better than that with Pink Floyd? We could go a little deeper than that, Matt Pike. Uh, as a Pink Floyd hipster like myself, um, we could go a lot deeper than that. I also played Pink Floyd Obscured by Clouds at our wedding. So, yeah. So, yeah, Matt Pike, you do better than that, dude. You're, you're, I'd still get high with Matt Pike. Yeah, I'm sure you're fun to get high with. You know, I'm sure you're probably more fun than most people. Probably not as fun as Fenner is, but, you know, you could try. Um, so, um, a YouTube channel is streaming AI-generated death metal 24-7. How does that work? Let's find out. Let's find out. Uh, the dad, the databots, uh, are those those robotic metal guys? They're like robots? I don't know. I think so. The databots... YouTube channel has been live streaming technical death metal created by artificial intelligence 24/7. Now, I haven't even listened to this. Well, I don't really like. I don't really like. Um, I did. I don't really it was like. Not great. Yeah, I don't like human generated death metal. <laughs> yeah. uh, never mind AI generated death metal. Founded and created by musicians and technologists C.J. Carr and Zach Zukowski, who met while attending Berkeley. Oh, they're those guys. They they met at Berkeley College. That's where. That's where. That's where. If, oh, if, if you want. Music. If you want to know, yeah, if you want to know anything about Berkeley College, that's where um, a dream theater came from, okay? That's where yes. dream theater formed in it's Berkeley College, if you need to know. So uh, the software is fed by large amounts of data, and it learns. That's kind of scary. It learns. What if it learned how to, like, shoot nuclear missiles at us, you know, and processing and internalizing uh it just wants to entertain patterns. us with death metal. Does it really? Or does it want to terrorize? want to hypnotize us and make our brains explode? We don't know. Robots don't like us. Why would they? Uh, the neural network starts small, studying a few seconds of music at a time before graduating entire albums and eventually bands full decide. Is our robots scary? They could just make music. Soon there's just going to be hits written by robots. I mean, there kind of is right now, really, just how bad music is. But imagine, imagine to the point where like music is just generated and it's like we're listening, we're not even listening to artists anymore. We're just not even that far. Listening, that. We're just listening to, like, that we're just listening to, like, programs, we're listening to AIs. Who will get the money? Somebody. So. So there you go. That's what robots are doing. It's a fun experiment, but I don't recommend the music. Mm. Yeah, it's really death metal. So Ozzy Osbourne, as um, I've contested many times, uh, announces rescheduled UK and European tours that he canceled earlier this year. Uh, Ozzy will make up his postponed No More Tours 2. No more, he has to make a No More Tours 2 because No More Tours 1 back in like 1992 wasn't real. So, you know, so like freaking like 30 years later, he makes another one. Um, he's going to do them next year in 2020. Uh, vocalist says, I'm really looking forward to getting back to Europe for these shows. Thank you to all the fans for sticking with me, waiting for the new tour. I can't wait to fucking see you next year. Yeah, so basically... They told everyone to hold on to their tickets. According to Eddie Trunk, they told everyone to hold on to their tickets. And uh, so they don't want to issue refunds. Like, it's just like, I'm doing this. We'll see, Ozzy. I might, I, I'm still betting on, uh, you know, the under. Ozzy owes someone a lot of money. Yeah. I don't think he owes anyone any money. I think, <laughs> I think he really wants to do this. I mean, yeah, but like, Ozzy, like, you, you shouldn't, though. I mean, as, as you're in my most professional medical advice, which isn't very professional, um, I don't hold any well, medical Now we know what happened to him. Yeah, so... Uh, how he got so injured. Yeah, I read about this. We all... This is on the news everywhere. Uh, how, how did Ozzy, you know, get injured again? Because obviously he, he, he posted on the first tour, then he got injured again, then it stopped the whole tour. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne injured himself when he tripped over his shoe, getting 
um, getting into bed after peeing. So picture Ozzy, you know, doing what he's getting out of bed in the middle of the night. You know, it's going, you know, and he just falls over. But if your body's in the condition where you fall over on your bedroom floor, which is probably a carpet, maybe, and um, you get hurt, just over a fall. Like if I fell, like I'd probably be fine, you know. But like you know, he he it took him out for the whole year falling over his shoe. So like, you know, you're in good condition if that's happening. Or maybe it was the loan sharks that he owes money to. The loan shark. Why, why do you think? Why do you better think Ozzy is saying like Ozzy? You have to keep touring. They're like you better keep touring. I don't think Ozzy owns anyone money. I'm just. I'm just. Yeah, Ozzy doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Just spitballing here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe made a deal with Satan, though. Right? Maybe something like that. Satan's yeah, like, forever. you will be super successful, but you may, you may never stop. You can never stop until you die up there. You yeah. must die on stage. You, can, he's you like, do Sat- not die on stage. Like, he's like, you can even trick them. You can, you can even tell them you're not touring anymore. It's fine, but you got to keep touring. Yeah. So, so as he fell in the middle of the night, dislodged the metal rods in his back because um, he had he, he fell off an ATV once like back in 2002. So he, he exasperated that he masturbated that industry that injury that injury <laughs> and uh, but he's uh, doing fine according to everyone we'll see okay my bet stands even though my bet is odds it's on the odds or against it you'll see mark my words people you know he's at the end these rock stars are dying at seventy these distant now the ones that really fucked thrown you know like Lemmy everybody they're all they're all dying at this age they're not gonna get too far so. When you abuse your body like that, when you trip on acid like 15,000 times, you know, do shit tons of cocaine and drink and eat bats and snort ants, piss on the Alamo, uh, dressed in drag and get arrested. Well, apparently it wasn't the ants, because that's not true. According to Jake Lee, why am I, you know, Jake Lee, uh, if you don't know who Jake Lee is, he is the guitar player who took after after Randy Rhodes passed away. He was on the next time. He was on the Bark at the Moon album. I believe that was his first album. Um, according to Jakey Lee, the Ant story, the famous Ant story you saw on the Motley Crue movie, and you heard about long before that, um, which I don't think was done well in the Motley Crue movie. But anyway, um, according to Jakey Lee, this never happened. Do you believe that? This legend of Ozzy, this legend that made Ozzy so famous or infamous, according to this loudmouth Jakey Lee, who suddenly needs attention... And you and we'll read on how much attention Jake Lee is looking for recently. Um, says this never happened. So he's like, I was right there. He snorted a little. He snorted a little spider. I like that. It wasn't. It ants. wasn't ants. It, it was, was a, just one like, spider. It was a fucking black widow. Yeah. There is a. <laughs> there was not a trail of fucking ants there. Um, Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee says it. Nikki says it. Ozzy says it. But they were fucked up. So he's saying Motley Crue and Ozzy are lying. Um, he's like, I was not. He's like, so they were all inebriated. I was not. I was sober. And I was just trying to get a fucking suntan. Hey, that was not in the movie. Like, Jakey Lee was not there. They did not write Jakey Lee onto that he's movie. He's just mad about that. Yeah, yeah, because they didn't put you in the it's movie. It's like, by the way, I was there. No, they didn't give a fuck. And I think he's going after Motley Crue. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, that's all I was doing. They were getting fucked up. Ozzy snorted a little tiny spider, and that was that was crawling across. There were no ants. There were no fucking ants. I don't care what fucking Motley Crue says. There were no fucking ants. All right, dude. All right. All right. So he snorted an alive thing, 
I mean, a spider is not an insect, but yeah, it's an, ar- it's a, an arachnid. Um, so uh, let's let's move on to the next one. We'll, then we'll go to that one. Uh, Jake Lee says, uh, since he's going off on everyone, I think he's been going off on Kiss too, but he's going off on um, um, Motley Crue here, and he claims that um, they the the core members of Motley Crue, Nikki and Tommy, wanted to replace Mick Mars with him. That's that's what he claims. He's like. Um, so according to the former Ozzy Osbourne guitarist, Motley Crue musicians approached him about possibly joining the band in the early 1980s before he got the call, before he was working with Ozzy. So this is before Ozzy. Um, he said, I had quit Rat. I didn't know you were on Rat. I had nothing going on. It's going to Motley Crue's gigs. I was going to Motley Crue's fucking gigs. This guy was fucking a lot. He's angry. And Nicky and Tommy wanted me in the band. They actually wanted me to replace Mick. Which you can understand. Why Why could I understand? Um, I think Mick Mars is a pretty fucking awesome guitarist. Um, I was fucking better looking and <laughs> better at playing. Better looking. Yeah, Mick Mars, he's not, uh, you know, he, he's not, he, he's no looker, but, you know, it's all part of his persona. Uh, they wanted me, they wanted me to place Nick's, Mick's, Mick's in-law or whatever was, 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 was funding the band, so that didn't happen. So according to you guys, Nick, um, uh, Mick was he providing. He bought his way in. He bought he bought his way into Motley Crue, so you claim. Um, and there was talk of Motley Crue maybe having two guitar players, which even then I was like, Motley Crue two guitar players. I don't know about that. So anyway, isn't that what like uh, Mick Morris says in the movie when you know he's paired up with that other guitar and he's like, I'm the only guitar player. So you just steal that from the movie or something? I think you did. So anyway, it was kind of start. I was kind of started with that because there was that thing going whether somebody denies or not. That was that's what started the rift between me and me and Mick. What would Motley Crue have been if I was the guitar player? Not not as good. Um, <laughs> I'm not even necessarily saying it would be better. Nothing gets Mick. He had a great tune, fucking good rhythm. He probably was what they needed to be big, but they wouldn't have had, they, they wouldn't have been as big with me musically. I, it might have been better though. <laughs> so basically he's like, you know, I, I would have been better. It's like, listen, I don't know, my all, sound all is I know, that, um, commercial. Jake Lee, better. you've just been talking a lot of shit recently. You're just like, you're just piling oh, on shit. Oh, what, Nikki what's, Six what's going fucking up? eats this up. You know? What's, Keep going down. What's, what's going on here, man? So, um, uh, but according to Nikki Six, uh, he denies this washed-up Jakey Lee's make-believe story about firing McMars. Here's his tweet. Isn't it funny how the has-beens never was washed-up, long-ago, small-career people all started coming out of the woodwork around the movie? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, like you. Mr. Six. <laughs> <laughs> like you. <laughs> I guess um, it was the only way to get attention in 2019. Yep. God bless them. They must be desperate. Yes. Yes, I agree. Um, Nikki Six, make brief story. Everyone wants a piece of the crew now. <laughs> Everyone wants a piece of the action. Uh, believe sure. me, almost forty years together, we know our story more than some shadowy worms. Yeah, shadowy worms. Yeah. Anyway, he actually does have a point. If we go back to this first thing, yeah, that Molly Crew streaming and sales numbers yes. are through the roof. Yeah, Molly Crew is very popular suddenly from that when the movie wasn't even good. I bet most of it's like morbid curiosity. Yeah, they're like, "What's this Motley Crew?" A lot of kids are like, "What's this Motley Crew?" This legend of Motley Crew. I lived that. I grew up with that legend, man. You know, it was. You know, of course, I was. Sixty-four percent of Spotify streamers listening to Motley Crew are between eighteen and thirty-four. So those are all yeah. young people that did not grow yeah, up they with never it. Grew up with them. Yeah, and they're probably like, like "What's this Motley Crew?" Saw this movie and they're like. I'll try. Right. Since it was on Netflix, a lot of young people probably went right for it. 
you know. Yeah, so uh, over the same time period, the songs uh, were consumed by seven, seven, 73.8 million times on Spotify, which, may, which equals only about, like, 53 cents. <laughs> but uh, uh, nearly 30 million times on Apple Music. So, yeah, huge increase on, on Motley Crue plays. So, uh, you know, maybe they'll make some money. You know, some Vince Neil could buy more alcohol and increase the size of that basketball he swallowed. And, uh, yeah, so there you go. Um yeah, I think there's a lot of curiosity between young people that know what this Motley Crue is. They can't just fathom something like Motley Crue existing these days. Like, to them, it's just, they have no concept of a band living like that, I think, you know. That's right, young people, you'll never top us. Your Greta Van Fleet isn't ever gonna fucking top us. They'll be, like, a Motley Crue replica band now. <laughs> well, there's a parody, but, you know, you mean, like, a real one. Like, yeah, a real one, like, yeah. Greta Van I'm sure Steel Panther doesn't actually party. It's a comedy act. You know, they take those wigs off at the end of the day. You know, who's, who's going to do it for real? No one. No one can handle it. So, um, in other metal news, heavy metal is the fastest growing music genre. I don't see how in today's climate, but according to the stats from Independent Digital Music Distribution, publishing and licensing service, TuneCore, TunaCore, <laughs> I should call it TunaCore, uh, heavy metal is currently the fastest growing music in genre in the world. Maybe worldwide, not in America. Certainly fucking not in America. Maybe like Germany. I think... It was like a percentage, so like the percentage of listeners increased by the largest amount, but that doesn't necessarily mean there more people are listening to metal and to the other genres. It's just growing more. Yeah, it's just as growth, right? It's a different, you know, statistics is a weird thing. I was never good enough to take that in school. Statistics. I don't know. I, th- I think I, I can feel the winds blowing yeah. towards metal. Well, you know. I don't, in a certain, not in know. a popular sense. I mean, you know, like like everyone I know likes metal, but like you know, I don't hang out with normal people though. You know, I don't like hang out with like when I meet some like twenty eight year old. You know that that isn't Chase. Um, you know, like I'm just just astounded at what they listen to. I'm like, what? Like what's the nobody at your fuck? work listen to doom metal? <laughs> some some no, like a few people do, but like the the like a lot of the other kids like when they when they'll play their music, they'll just like put on like you know, whatever, like, the top 40 radio is, like, they'll listen to the, to, to the, to the, uh, the, the, the Sirius XM thing, you know, this one girl did that once, and I was just like, it was basically, um, you know, Imagine Dragons, and I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, what is this? Like, this is what you kids listen to? Like, this does not, I don't even fucking know. It just didn't make any sense to me. So... Anyway, UFO has uh, replaced Paul Raymond, that dude that died in the last episode, and uh, with uh, Nail Carter. His name is Nail? <laughs> it's probably Neil. Is it Neil or Nail? Maybe it's Nail. You gotta look that up. I Nail? think it's Neil. Somebody made a typo there. So, uh, so the tour is still on. So, you know, UFO, I think we, we might want to see Yeah, they're going to play in Staten Island. So, yeah. And, and Paul Raymond, I, I was looking Go. at an old video. I found an old video of them, and Paul Raymond was there back then when Michael Shanker was there. So I might have said he was a replacement for Michael Shanker. No, he was playing... He was sort of like a second guitarist and keyboard player during the time of Michael Shanker. So he's been there forever. So, so. that's Michael Shanker being an even bigger asshole. Yeah. Saying that was Paul Raymond was him. like not a real me- member. Yeah. He was sort of like this extra member they added later on. If you listen to, you know, like probably um, uh, that famous live album. I can't think of it. It's like the most famous live album ever. Um, I can't remember. I don't know. But anyway, I think he's on that album playing keyboards live. So... Zach Efron sings sings the praises of James Hetfield's acting ability in the Ted Bundy topic. Obviously, there's a new movie called um, 
I watched it and it was terrible. It was terrible? It was god Where did you see it? On Netflix. Oh, it was on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, like, yeah, I can't imagine anything with the... Uh, it was that? worse than the dirt. Xavier Hill's probably a bad actor, isn't he? I don't know. He was in it for like two minutes. Oh, really? He's only in for two minutes? It's a cameo. That doesn't count. Oh, I thought he was sort of like a main part. No. He's just like, yeah, yeah. So uh, I arrested you because you're a killer of many women. You're a rapist and a killer of many women. Yeah. So I'm going to put you in jail. That's what happened. That's what he says, right? Like, he's like, all right, I'm going to ask you some questions. Uh, and you're going to answer them or else you're going to confess to me about the murders. So he says, tired. Yeah. That is probably how it dialogue goes. But Zach Efron was like, man, James Hetfield, that was some good acting. He's like, yeah. So. He said, James Hetfield is the shit. James Hetfield's the shit. Like, who are you? Zach Efron, Zac Efron you, you like, you're, I bet you're like one of these young people that's so named to me. He was in High School Musical. Yeah, you were in High School. I remember. I used to do the book. I used to do the magazines. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I remember when he was a little shit. He was going out with this poor girl back then who was also in it. And like, of course, Zach Efron's still kind of popular. And the girl, I can't remember her name. She was, she like, after that, she was gone. She disappeared. Like, and she was like supposed to be this big thing. We weren't spending too much time. I know, I'm just talking about teeny bopper stuff. It's fun. But, yeah, so, um. Let's talk about Tim Capello. Timmy Capello. You know who Timmy Capello is, people? Did you ever see Lost Boys? Well, there's this one scene. Lost Boys, um, believe it or not, when I was a kid, scared the shit out of me. Because, uh, it was such a dark, strange movie. Um, for me when I was a kid and it was so odd to me um, and there's one scene where there's a saxophone player and it's like flames and chains and naked women and it's on the it's on like the the boardwalk of like Venice Beach or something wherever they are and uh, there's a saxophone player and uh, he's got like bulging muscles and he's just frightening his name is Timmy Capello and if you don't know Timmy Capello is a um, famous saxophone player um He's known for, you know, his big muscles. He's uh, known for his time with playing for Tina Turner. Um, he also played for Peter Gabriel. If you listen, if you watch Peter Gabriel's one of his early live concerts, uh, probably from his first or second tour, uh, a very young and very skinny uh, heroin-addicted Timmy Capello is rocking the fuck out of the saxophone for Peter Gabriel. Uh, and Timmy Capello is still with us today. And he is going on tour. I would like to see fucking Timmy Capello. I would really like to see this. He's fucking metal. He doesn't even know it. He's the most metal saxophone got a player. New album called he puts the sex in saxophone. Blood man. on the reed. Look at him. He's an old man. He still got his muscles. Can you should Google blood on the reed? Tim Capello. Blood on the reed. Take a look. That means he's playing that saxophone. Cover. That's pretty, pretty metal. Good. He's playing that saxophone so hard. It's blood on the reed, man. We should go. But the closest is coming is Philly. Philly. Why don't is you come here, it? man? Yeah. Maybe he's we'll worth think it. about it. Yeah. Timmy Capello's still pretty jacked for like, you know, a 90 year old. Well, this is just a photo. Yeah, it's just a photo. We're going to get there. It's going to be a photoshop of shit. It is. It's going to let down. But he's wearing like, he's he's wearing like, like a, um, like a leather underwear and with chains on it. So he's still got the chains, but he's wearing like a red, like, suit under it, though. Like a red, sort of like a superhero suit, like a unit, like a, like a leotard or something. And, um, so he's not like naked anymore. He used to be totally naked. He used to just wear like these, you know, leather underwear. He was the, he was the original sexy saxophone player. He was a sexy saxophone player, you know. He invented that, so he made saxophone like fucking cool in the eighties. All right, but the way he played that thing, it was just it was scary to me. It was scary. I was scared of Timmy Capello for sure. I was definitely scared of Timmy Capello. 
Well, they just was scared of the saxophone. I mean, yeah, he was like, yeah, who would ever be scared of a saxophone? Timmy Capella would make you scared of the saxophone, man. But he also make you want that saxophone. Just watch that video. Watch That's him on why Lost you're Buzz. scared of it because Yeah, I was like, oh my God. You're scared like, of yourself. There was fire and chains and vampires. And, like his, and his songs just sound so dark, too. It's just, I don't know, Timmy Capella. It's not coming into New York, though. So anyway. Finally, um, in Kiss News, obligatory Kiss News, um, Kiss was accused of lip syncing live, which, yes, they're probably doing. According to Eddie Trunk, I was listening to a, an article about this, uh, that he's singing with a track, basically, to his system, because all these old people just in, continue to play, and, they, and when you get old, you can't sing anymore. Like, I'm, like, 41, and I can't fucking sing anymore. So imagine someone like Paul Stanley. You, you know, could he, sing? You know, I, I, well, I, I, I didn't say I could ever sing. I used to have a much more stronger voice. <laughs> Any more implies he used. Yeah, like I, I, I had a stronger voice back then. I can't like scream like I used to. You know, like I can't do that anymore. Um, so according to Eddie Trunk, um, Trunk Nation, um, it, it's been well documented all over YouTube. Um, you know, you could see it. You know, there's plenty of proof. Um, there's a lot of examples of Paul Stanley, and, um, probably Gene Simmons as well. Um, using an assistance track, which Ozzy does too. Like they all do it. They're old people. People, this is what you're getting when you're getting these old people saying they're not. You know, it's like it's like I don't a fuck. Think Rob Halford does. No, that. not Rob Halford. No, he's but the real shit. he's doing it. And and Vince Neil's doing it too. <laughs> Vince Neil was was, sing, was really singing too. Unfortunately, you know, and, you know, they, he won't do the vocal track. You know, I guess that's that's um honorable of him. But you know, maybe you should. <laughs> um, but um. So uh, someone really um, demanded a refund, and apparently uh, they got it. Um, this actually, I was listening to Eddie Trunk, and this was like someone Eddie Trunk knew. So basically, they their their case was I paid for live, and I didn't get that. And spent a grand on live. Yeah, yeah, which a lot of people do. Fuck. And um, yeah, people spend more than that. So Eddie Trunk basically knew this guy. He was talking about he was someone. This guy was somebody in the industry, so he wasn't just some guy. He might have been some guy with some like pull. You know, so anyway, Ticketmaster so tic- gave him the money. Ticketmaster won't give you a refund, probably. Maybe not. You know, this guy wasn't like some nobody. You know, anyone who spends like a thousand dollars in chess tickets, probably you know, someone, you know, who might you know have some money. You know, but it's not the typical yeah, kiss guy. You know, it's not that guy. You know, um, so yeah, they gave him the money back. Um, and he, yeah, he's got a point. I mean, it's legit. You know, like they're not say I, I I says live. You know, that's not live. You know, I wanted to see Kiss live. You didn't give me that. You have, uh, you know, Paul Stanley faking it. You know, Kiss, Kiss needs to end it. Like, they, they don't have it anymore. Oh, they are. a lot of these guys. Yes, Supposedly. hopefully they really are. Hopefully they don't pull a man of war on us. And, and none of these guys get sing. Speaking of man of war, like, they can't. I was watching, I found out recent live concert of them. They, they, Eric Adams is terrible. They just can't do it anymore. What if they replaced him? And then it was just Joey DeMaio up there. <laughs> um, I, well, you couldn't replace Eric Adams. Like, the fans just wouldn't, that would just be too much. I bet you could find... I mean... Just him not being there. I think his voice is kind of generic. Uh, but it used to be very powerful, though. Yeah, but you could get a young guy with a of generic you, voice. Oh, no, of course. Powerful. You could replicate the voice. Like, I think he'd be very easy to find, like, a like a sound-alike. Oh, of course. Oh, you can easily replicate. You can get that guy that... um. That was in the Motley Crue movie that played uh, the part of John Corbury, that that famous singer, that internet singer. He, they actually let him on the movie. He could probably do it because I mean, yeah. he imitates people. So, would but, you, what do you think about that? But you, it's, not, it's not Eric Adams, impostors. though. The fact that it isn't Eric Adams, 
I think most fans are okay with Eric Adams not being able to sing. They want to see Eric Adams. So that's as simple as that. Same thing with, you know, Paul Stanley. They want to see, you can't have not Paul Stanley there. You can't have Paul Stanley. You know, only Paul Stanley could be like, I know y'all want some vodka and orange juice. Ready, baby, for some cold gin. You know, those, those silly tirades Paul Stanley goes on. Yeah, you can never, no one can ever replace that. Anyway, that's all the fucking news for today, people. Maybe next time. Now that we're married, we'll be doing this show on a more regular basis. Obviously, we had to take a few weeks off because uh, we're getting married. We're planning. You know, we didn't just have some regular, typical wedding, your typical cringy wedding. We had a special wedding that people are going to be talking about forever. And ever. Good or bad. Good or bad, that's fine with me. But, you know... <laughs> Everyone told me, like, wow. Everyone just kept telling all these drunk people at the wedding just kept telling me, wow, that was the most amazing thing I ever seen. I'm taking the two of my own horn here, but we worked hard on it. And um, one way or another, it paid off. So, and of course, I married to the greatest woman ever. So, I am married to Maledictus. Me. <laughs> She's married to me. So, and uh, hopefully, you know, now that we're married, we can, um, we'd like to work on our own band. Stay tuned. You know, we want to make our own musical thing. Since we did so well together, practicing together for so long uh, of this this uh, musical thing, you know, we want to definitely be in music together. It's important that we are in music together. That we are making something. So that's the best kind of band. Two people that are joined forever till the apocalypse and beyond. Pre and post apocalypse. Pre and post apocalypse, according to the vows. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, once again, nope, wrong, wrong script. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for listening. Be sure to follow us on social media, including Twitter, Your Lives Metal, Facebook, Your Lives Metal, Instagram, Metal Lives Here, and Gmail, Your Lives Metal, gmail.com. Give us a shout out. Talk to us, people. Be sure to subscribe to Your Lives Metal on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play and Spotify. Don't forget to rate us, even if you hate us. If this podcast acts only, you have the power to destroy it. Once again, it is my passion to bring you, the listener, these true tales of metal. However, if you'd like to support the show, your donations are highly appreciated. You can find us on patreon.com forward slash here lies metal. Thank you again for listening to us. Uh, wish you could have been at the wedding, people. But I don't know. What was I going to say after that? But, you know, you weren't. But you'll hear about it. It'll be legend. It'll go down as legend forever. So thanks again for listening, people. We will see you very soon. Perhaps a playlist next week, right? We'll do something. Yes. We'll keep it going. Thank you very much. See you next week. Goodbye.